thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code. A lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time, resources, and caffeine. If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant. AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Learn more at ibm.com slash codeassistant. IBM. Let's create. podcast because I have interviewed some of the biggest celebrities truly in the world. But I have to say, Dr. Shafali, it is a really big honor to be talking with you. I feel so excited inside. Like I even feel a little teary because you are someone who is such a trailblazer for this new thought of how to live your life to the fullest, how to be a conscious parent. You wrote this book, which Oprah has fully endorsed and said it's the greatest parenting book of all time. And I totally agree. You've been on Oprah Super Soul Sunday. That's where I first discovered you was when you, because I watched Super Soul Sundays religiously. And I saw you on there talking with Oprah about this book, The Conscious Parent. And I remember hearing everything you're saying and I'm like, this is it. Like, this is how it's supposed to be. Like, this is how parent and children dynamics are supposed to be it's all about because so many parents in this world are just like do as i say i'm the boss you need to fit into this role and conform in this way and you're all about no you need to have an equal dynamic relationship with the parent and the child and this book is transformative so i want to talk about that one too but your new book a radical awakening is all about the self specifically for women because so many of us as women struggle with even knowing who we are like who is this person that we even came here to be because we're so covered up with all of these other ideals that the world has put on us so it is just a true privilege and honor to be here with you i really couldn't believe that i was talking to you and having this interview it kind of like I was like, a pinch me moment, like, is this really happening? This is so awesome. So thank you for joining me. Oh, it's my honor, my pleasure. Thank you so much. And it's so powerful that you gave those two seminal books, even though I've written other books, because the reason why we forget who we are, why I wrote this book, is because we don't do what's in my first book. And because we are raised in these homes that we don't realize rob us of our inner knowing. We don't realize it till we're much older and have gone through so many dysfunctional relationships. And we're like, what are we doing wrong? And this book, A Radical Awakening, will show you your patterns and what went wrong a long time ago. Not, you know, my wrong, I mean, like nothing's ever wrong, but what kind of left the track. Yes. And you start off in the Radical radical Awakening talking about how this book will probably trigger you and it's going to be uncomfortable. And there's a lot of things in this book that you might want to shut the book and like try to walk away from it because it's sort of like rewiring the way we've been raised. 
and it's going it's kind of putting uh our parents and traditions and cultures all that it's like exposing that in a way it's like yes these are meant to love you but really a lot of times love is sort of another form of power and it's kind of exposing the fact that just because they're adults and older and they've raised you and these are the parents in your life and this is how you've been taught it doesn't it's actually really not beneficial for your existence at all no and that is so shocking you know in the conscious parent i got a lot of resistance you did um, oh my goodness from parents because everyone's like that's not right on the boss <laughs> You going to tell me that my little 2-year-old is equal to me and I didn't mean equal obviously the 2-year-old is this small and of course you get to decide what you buy at the farmers market you know but people get so scared parents get so scared when I suggest that they should look at their own wounds before raising their child that's what that book is about raise yourself yes. before you raise your children but they were like you don't have me who to raise <laughs> you know i'll raise my child the way i want i was like you raise the child whichever way you want just can you first heal yourself but parents couldn't hear that so for the first year of the book being out i think two people must have read it outside my family and friends so it was a book that no one wanted to touch but then it gained momentum with women like you realizing You know there's truth here and you know how I think you realized there was truth because you looked at your own childhood and you realized yes I was brainwashed to some degrees and that made my train get off the track and I don't want to do that to my kid so when we wake up to realize that a lot of what culture and our parents shoved into our minds was from their conditioning and the, the grandparents did it from their conditioning and no one stopped to really say hey who said this is the way to be to live to think to be beautiful to be a mother and that's what this book challenges and it is kind of triggering <laughs> all my books are triggering i think and i think they're great triggers and i think who said that women are supposed to be this way i think to some degree a lot of men did <laughs> you know well but who raised the men the women right? And that's what you're saying and I love you hit this point in one of the chapters and I don't know exactly where it is. I've marked like everything in this book, but you say and I thought this was interesting with you because you grew up, you're so stunningly beautiful, but you grew up so beautiful as a child that it worked against you in your psyche because you had these beautiful eyes and you had lighter skin than some of your friends and men praised you, but then women were the ones that kind of told you to well you're going to outgrow your beauty and you know like don't rely on that and it gave you all sorts of complexes about yourself based on the way you were born looking and that's what I thought was interesting too is that women were the ones who women pit against each other because we're trying to gain our own confidence and our own self-worth because we feel unworthy so it's like almost tearing another woman down but Did would you, you find that in your personal life too i i see it everywhere i feel so blessed because i live in nashville tennessee and i have really fallen into a community of supportive women and mothers and i feel so blessed for that because i know that's not always the norm Yes that is and what you have done by finding these intentional communities of supportive sisters is the way to go but typically women try to out compete each other you know at a party we dress up and typically we're not dressing up for any man because a man doesn't know if it's Payless shoes or Prada shoes we're dressing up for the critics that are within the women around us we want because we know the women know what kind of shoes they're wearing we dress up for them so we do that because we're in this toxic patriarchy that has oppressed us but now we oppress ourselves so i grew up in india and you were you're right in picking that up from the book that even though quote unquote i fit into that standard of beauty which by the way is a whole false standard of beauty anyway that plagues every woman even the ones who typically fit into that standard of beauty um that because a young girl grows up objectified for her beauty or objectified for 
another aspect or not her beauty, but if it's external, any, if she's called fat, if she's called ugly, if she has a big nose, if she has a pretty nose, it doesn't matter. But if she is, uh, if she grows up with a focus on that external, positive or negative, she will grow to believe that that external identity is her sense of worth. And that's when things get messed up. So it got messed up for me, even though I got so much praise, it didn't matter. I began to tie my sense of worth with the external beauty. And now it became a curse within me. And so you said you actually found a way out and that was to get fat. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I not only was plagued by praise and compliments and attention, which made me feel very strange, you know, young children want to be, uh, extolled and celebrated for their essence too much of like, oh my God, you play the piano so well. Oh my God, you ride a horse so well. Oh my God, you're so pretty. Actually begins over time when done in excess, especially to uh, make the kid want to run away, you know, because the kid actually just wants to be ordinary, average, and doesn't want pressure of now having to look a certain way or succeed. We don't realize what Right? Did, do you find that too? Well, and then what you said, like if you start excelling at something like the piano or horseback riding or ballet or singing or something, then all of a sudden you feel like you have to be incredible at it. Perform. Yeah. And it's yeah. now who you are. And you Exactly. Get. So it's a big trick when you, you think you're honoring your kid, but, but parents don't just honor their kids. They now push their kid to become what they're honoring. And now that kid believes they're obligated to become that. So kids want to run away. So I was not only praised and got all this, uh, you know, attention, which to me made me want to run away. I was also then physically molested by strangers on the road and touched here and there because India is very sexually suppressed. So you get a lot of that toward Indian girls. So I was like, where do I run? How do I hide? I'll just eat and become fat and become unattractive. And even that didn't work too well. And I only became fat. I mean, that was the real result of that whole thing. And then I felt worse about myself. But that's what we women do, you see, in our quest to now meet that standard or run away from that standard, we now become addicts or we are excessively critical about ourselves or we become misperfect, mispleasers. We bend over backwards to kind of fit in. Because so much pressure is placed on how we make other people feel. Yes. Yes. That has been the plague of my life. And I feel like you hit the nail on the head as a woman in every, so many women, some women are, have, have reached the radical, a radical awakening They're They are out there. And that is wonderful. And I feel like I am on this journey to be there and I'm aware of it and I touch it a lot but it's just like living in it all the time is you have to change so many old stories that you've taught yourself like I want to make sure everyone's happy I don't want to upset even though you have you could have great parents it's like you don't want to upset your parents I don't want to upset this authority figure I know that I have to blend into this strong personality to make sure they're happy. I need to achieve this so then I can have this and be this and accepted and loved and praised and I will be validated and not be unworthy. I spent my whole life trying to get to Nashville and become like a famous country and Western singer and chase that dream because I wanted to be special and validated and to feel like I was worthy. And I started achieving these things and I accomplished a lot of things. And I started, I realized that I still had the same unworthiness, you know, and like everyone else I met struggled with it as well. That actually was the freeing part to me to realize that nobody has it figured out. But then it makes me sad because why, why are we so deep rooted in this system that's so wrong? Yeah, it's really, uh, once you realize that it's everywhere, and I call it the pill that kills in the book, I call it, uh, the pill is unworthiness, like you just said, even men have that. And when you look around and you realize it's pervasive in culture, then you go into a depression about it, because you're like, how do we get this whole globe lifted out of this, this terrible malaise? So here's the thing, the reason why everybody has it is because the entire culture is based 
and here's the huge global ubiquitous problem, is based on getting inner validation from the external world. Yes. This is it. In one sentence, this is the problem with the entire world. Okay, so how to change validation. it? We're all obsessed with getting inner validation from the external world. Yes, so you can never get inner validation from the external world. You can only get inner validation from the inner world, which means our entire way of being brought up would have to change. Means that we would have to learn from a young age to turn inward, to listen to our inner self and connect with our inner being and that that is the greatest achievement. It's so far different than how we're raised. Look at how we're raised. From utero, we are told how to be, especially girls. We're told how to look, how our skin color should ideally be. We should all be skinny and young forever. Then we're told which God to pray to, how to pray to. Then we're told which school to go to, how to go to school. Then who to marry, how to marry. I mean, the whole prescription list from one to 272 is laid out. You finish 272 by the time your kids are in college and you reach your midlife and you realize I'm still not feeling worthy like you. You are getting accolade after accolade and you're like, damn it, I still feel uneasy. I'm anxious. I'm constantly wondering whether today I can still fake it, you know, another day that I can make it. And that's such a hard way to live. And it is because you and all the rest of us were raised, including men, to get inner worth, inner validation from the external world, from cars, from Botox, from alcohol, from the corner corporate office, from jewels, from shoes, possessions, marriages, children. You know, the list goes on and on. So look how far removed we are from inner connection. And that's why the pandemic was a good opportunity, a beautiful opportunity to kind of shift the dynamic. But you saw how it made people so upset. To, to, to stay at home, to be, you know, under the mask, meaning quiet, to, to only buy the essentials, to let go of the non-essentials, and people panicked, right? They revolted against that because we're so used to the endless consuming and doing and the addictions. So you have a lot of experience with the Eastern and the Western world. What, and you are very one of your strengths is kind of merging those together. What do you notice about the Western world and Eastern world? Like what are the good takeaways from both? And how do you feel like if you could create the perfect environment to grow and raise yourself and your family and flourish, what would that look like? What would that balance be? Yeah. Let me start by saying that what we have right now is all Western like the Western way of consuming and doing and competition and uh, separation. There's no soul in any of it. What? There's no soul in any of it. Yeah, yeah. So, and I'm not putting the West down because I live in the West. So obviously I enjoy living here more than the East. And it's not about West or East. It's just about ways of being. So right now, the Western way of being uh, industrialization, mechanization, modernization, technology, robot, robotics is taking over and taking us further and further away from what I'm talking about, which is inner connection. We now don't even have human connection, right? Everything is being digitized and automated. And it's so scary how quickly we are destroying the world and destroying our soul, as you said. So now the East, you know, countries like India and uh, Southeast Asia and China, that's not the East. When I say the East, I mean, there was a way of thinking in the East, which was a paradigm shift compared to the Western way of being, right? I'm not talking about bad people in, in America and good people in India or bad people in India. It's not about that. Right now, the whole world is effed up, okay? The whole world. So what is the Eastern way of being? Way back when the Eastern mystics thought about life, they understood that there is an isness to life. Mm. You know, the Tao Te Ching is all about flowing with the isness of nature. The Buddha uh, was not religious and taught about looking within. All the Buddha's pictures are with his eyes closed for a reason uh, to look within, to get still, to get, get out of the attachment with the external world and look within. So these two teachings have been pivotal in my life. And again, I'm not Buddhist 
and I'm not Taoist and I'm not any ist. I don't believe in following one way of being. I believe that beauty, there's beauty in every way of being. But the, the essence of that way of thinking is that our false self, the ego, wants accolades from the outside and keeps searching and is hungry for those trophies, for those prizes, for those smiles, for those praises. And that is the cause of human suffering. So until we close our eyes and sit in meditative stillness every day of our lives for a bit, every 30 minutes a day, we will not be able to reconnect to that inner knowing. And that's what we've lost in the world. We've lost the inner connection. You know, the reason why, quote unquote, men do what they do to women is because they've lost inner connection. Mm. Mm. They are the forerunners of this Western world. They have to achieve and to do and to go to Mars and to dominate the world. Well, when you do that, it comes at a price of your soul. Mm. And you destroy your women and your children and your people of color and the animals and the earth, the ones below you. So the trickle effect is all through the system. So, but we women are big parts of it because we're mothers. And here's where our power can come. We don't wait for the men to step into their hearts. Please, no man is going to step as a system. None of them are going to step into their heart anytime soon because in their eyes, they're winning, right? right. That's the Western way of being. It's the, it's, so they're winning at this. It we're winning. Yes, yes. The more planets we invade, according to that way of thinking, they're winning. In the Eastern way of believing and, and philosophizing, that is disaster. That is destroying the planet, right? What are you doing going to Mars? You can barely handle your two by two foot trailer at home. You know, your bathroom is a mess, <laughs> you know? So yes. what are you doing going to Mars, you know? So this is the grandiosity of, of this, this ego that wants and seeks and, and wants to dominate. And when we women realize that there's no waiting for any man and that we can change the system by rising, stepping back in, and rising into our own inner knowing, the whole system will change. So how do women participate in this toxic patriarchy? Exactly. That's a wonder. That's a, that's exactly the point I would love for you. Cause that's the point of your book. Erotic yes. Women. Yes. How do, yeah. how do we take control and come together because it is all about working together and not right. fighting with each other as women, but instead lifting each other up. How do we do that? Yeah, well, that, that's it. I mean, that's what we have to do. And the how comes in the decision and the realization that we are actually perpetuating the toxic patriarchy by how we are toward ourselves, toward our children and toward each other. So each time we perpetuate competition, you know, if your kid got a trophy and you put that on Facebook, knowing that grandma already was at the ceremony. So grandma doesn't need to see it, but you know you're doing it because you want to look like the perfect mother. You are actually perpetuating those standards of competition in a very subtle way, but the micro becomes macro, right? How does the macro occur? The macro occurs from many micro moments. So when we women constantly shove things down the other's face just because we want to feel better or we're constantly critical of other women and judge other women and the most deadly, judge ourselves. See, that's where the real uprising has to be, become because every time we're critical and oppressive of ourselves, every time we keep quiet to keep the people in the meeting or the boardroom happy or our families happy. Each time we don't express our true pain about what we see out in the injustices in the world because we want to not rock the boat, we want to keep the status quo. Each time we don't speak up from our deepest knowing, we are co-creating the patriarchy. So this is where the true revolution occurs through the realization that I'm doing exactly what culture and the patriarchy is telling me to do by ignoring myself, by beating myself down, by thinking I'm not good enough, by starving myself or by vomiting or by poking my skin with endless needles. It's okay to do it, but know that you're doing it because you've succumbed to the pressure that the patriarchy wants you to succumb to. Each time we buy those anti-aging serums, I have so many, it's I could open a shop, right? Because each time I get seduced that ah, this one is going to give me endless youth, right? And when I buy it, I do tell myself, oh, see how you're buying into this rubbish? And I can't help it because I'm weak at the end of the day and I just do it. I'm kidding, I'm making fun of myself. But 
I, I want women to understand that I too fall for this because we live in this culture, but I'm aware I'm falling for it. And I make my choices with more awareness rather than thinking that I need to look young. You know, I realized that this idea to look young or, or beautiful according to a standard is my brainwashing from culture. It's not the truth. There is no standard of beauty. There is no standard right. of anything. It's made up. So here, here's my question. You were obviously born beautiful. That's the way you were born. It's just you are a beautiful person. But, I mean, I guess you could say by today's standards because what is beautiful. But in my eyes and a lot of the world's eyes, you are very beautiful. So it's what – how do we – Accept the fact that beauty was a gift in some sort because it's how you were made, but then not cross that line of being obsessed with it to fall into the patriarchy that we're living in. Like, how? What is that line of enjoying your beauty for yourself and not doing it for someone else? And the same with like what you said about the mom who posts on Instagram about the trophy. Like, where is like where is the line where you're proud to where you're showing off to? show other what a great question right you're right because how so in other words how do you enjoy the lovely uh hairstyle or the fancy shoes for that moment without now buying into the whole idea so yes you're right there is such a thing as enjoying you know your beauty or your hair or your your nails okay but you're you're also right in saying we have to be very careful because the line that we cross to then making it about our worth and then becoming obsessed when we don't have what that was is the issue. You see, now when we put on the 15 pounds or we do have wrinkles or we do not have the hair color and our hair is growing white, then what do we do? Do we lose our sense of center, which many women do, they won't leave the house. Uh, Do we lose our sense of worth if we don't get that praise from Instagram or we lose the competition and don't get any trophy? You know how that feels. You know, you don't want to get out of bed because you feel the criticism from the world. You feel the disapproval from the world and it makes you feel like you don't exist anymore because you've attached to that medal. So this is where it gets tricky and, and we cannot underestimate how easy it is to cross that line how easy it is to cross that line. You know, so for example, my daughter just got accepted into college and I saw myself walking toward that line, you know, just post, she got into a good school, like it's just sharing, right? But then I asked myself, and I'm not judging people who post, please don't understand. I'm just saying, I'm just showing you what process I go through. You're checking, this is your process to check check it, yes. So then I asked myself, but really, why are you posting? Yeah. You know, you're, you're seven and we typically only have really seven close friends who we want to die with. All of them know. So now why are you posting? Ah, you're posting because there's an image that you want to perpetuate of yourself. Why do you want to perpetuate that image? I go, because I, I, I like attention. <laughs> you know, I tell myself because you like praise, you like approval. And in this book, I talk about the triple threat that we women constantly are ravenous after. The triple threat is the hunt, the hunt for approval, validation, and praise. And every time I see myself on the hunt for that, I have to check myself. You know, when I wear high heels that are ridiculously bloody uncomfortable, but I'm acting like I woke up in them or they were attached to my feet at birth, I tell myself, wow, you must be really uncomfortable today because and insecure today because you're willing to, to, to feel like crap in order to get praise. So then I decide how bad do I really feel? Is it automatic and robotic? You know, so you, this is how we have to do a check-in, you know, especially where our children are concerned. When we push them to do ballet or we push them to get an A grade, where are we pushing them from? Is it from a true authentic? And if it's truly authentic, we don't have to push. Right, right. High heels were the way our feet were supposed to be, you know, then they won't be so damn uncomfortable. You know, look at every woman when she gets into a car after a party, she takes off her shoes. Now, why do I use such simple examples? Because it is in the simple choices we make on a daily basis that they build up to this false image that we want to present to the world. And the more the image, now the more we have to attach to the image. Now we're stuck in the corner. Now, how do we get out of there? So make choices well, because soon that image will precede you. 
You know, you and I know being public figures, people commenting on our face all the time, people commenting on our hair. Literally, the women especially will comment on every part of our bodies. Mm-hmm. And we've had to learn, I, I, I'm presuming you've had to learn how to detach from that either approval or disapproval and realize this is the key to realize that both the approval and the disapproval is coming from people's projections about you based on how they feel in the matrix, right? So you have to really see that about human psychology, that people are always responding to you based on how they feel in the matrix, how much they've bought into the matrix. So if they've bought into the matrix and you've done something that's against the matrix, they're going to automatically judge you. You have to know that. And, and that will make you stronger. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. This Father's Day, shop at the Home Depot to find the perfect gift to help Dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. He's the weed-fighting, hedge-trimming, leaf-blowing lord of the lawn. He sees the job, and he gets it done. Because your dad is a doer. So show him you appreciate everything he does with the tools he needs to power up his landscaping game. This Father's Day, give him the convenience and gas-like power of innovative and durable Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad does, everything he is, and everything he can be, find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. So what do we do, Dr. Shafali? Because I just, like, I sometimes just get completely overwhelmed with the big, like we talked about, the bigness of the problem, the just how effed everything feels, and just like the cycles that need to be broken. So many people are not having these conversations, are not interested in learning about this kind of stuff. But then I guess you just have to believe that enough people are, and over time, it will just be... Like, what do we do to change this? Like, because I, I sometimes just get lost in sadness for the world. And I'm like, I'm not made for this world. This world is too hard for me. Like, I, this, there's too much suffering. It's too, like, people are not motivated by their souls and love. And everything is all about exactly what we're talking about. And that just, like, breaks my spirit. I understand. Let me, let me give you something that may help you because you're such a sensitive person that it really bothers you. And, and it bothers me too, trust me. I mean, the days I just, I am like, what am I doing here? How am I, how is it possible that I'm here on this earth? I know, oh my God, why did you put me on this earth? I'm not made for this one. It's too, this earth is too, it's too, it's too awful. It's too yeah. terrible. And, and then, I, then I reframe it in the isness of it. You, this is the key, what I've come to understand. And this is something I live by. We are mostly unconscious, okay? Now, that is the hard truth to stomach. This is a dimension. Maybe there are other dimensions somewhere else on planet Zubaru or something. I don't know. But this planet, really grossly brainwashed by the false self, meaning unconscious, asleep. What does that mean? Robotically conditioned from in utero, meaning whatever they were told, they follow. Few of us, in our journey, wake up. I call it the awakening, the radical awakening. Why? Because when you wake up to realize that that was a bubble, a matrix, 
the first level is depression, but then you come perhaps to this awareness that I'm about to share with you that, oh, this is just the way it is here. It's mostly unconscious and we have a choice to keep sleeping. And those who keep sleeping will wreak havoc, hatred, violence, perturbation, separation, war and abuse because mass majority, majority asleep. And yeah, so the 0.0001% of us that begin to wake up, it's so horrifically scary to be outside the matrix and look inside because now it's even worse that because now you can, you see. And once you see, you can't not see, you know, but you eventually meet enough conscious people and you create your little tribe and your little community. And you realize that it's not our job to change the whole matrix. It cannot change. It can only change when, when pe enough people in the matrix reach the tipping point. So then it comes back to, well, then what can I do right now? Oh, I can keep sharing my consciousness. Oh, okay, I was doing that anyway. Oh, okay, so now you're okay. You see, you go through this whole process and you realize that the only thing each one of us who are more awake can do is just keep reminding the world, but it's not our desi desire to save anyone. We should not get into that grandiose delusion that we're here to save those in the matrix. It's just that we can share, like I'm sharing with my book, you share with your podcast, with your music, and those that are drawn to it will come home to you and you just provide the space. And in your daily life, and especially with your children, you try to break the pattern. But let me tell you, I know that it's disheartening because it, it, there's literally nothing else we can do. But don't succumb to the despair side of the coin. Surrender to the power of all that you can do with the five people who are willing to listen. <laughs> you know that I say one is a million all the time. Yes. This is not a million mass movement. Consciousness is an unpopular movement. All my books are very controversial. They're triggering. Why? Because they're going against what the matrix believes. So you're very brave to call me here today. Oh, you are like number one. I'm, I'm not even kidding you. I feel I was nervous. I've been like preparing for this interview for days. I've been, I, I mean, I always prepare, but like for this one, I've been just like in your matrix. I'm like, oh, you're so inspired inspiring to me because you're you're putting out the work that resonates with my soul and it feels right to me and it is so exciting and like it makes me just like all sorts of feelings to be able to talk to you because I'm like oh my god you're writing books you're speaking about this you're changing the world like this book the conscious parent it hit me in such a way that like it agreed with everything that I feel but you like put it into words and it's yeah just so exciting to me and I struggle a lot with a lot of things I told you before we started this podcast I have I've always had anxiety and I always feel very sad for the whole world I just feel so sad a lot I mean I'm a happy person and I like am a positive person but I'm also always really kind of sad because of the state of the world I struggle so what about the people who most people who don't subscribe to the conscious parent who don't try to be like this who just continue the cycle of these innocent children and that's what gets me it's like these kids come into this earth and this life and they are born into circumstances and so often it's so scary and traumatizing and these innocent souls just get like these terrible things happening to them and it kills me like I can't handle it like how do we deal with that because like this is not the norm to live like this the conscious parent and the radical awakening so like what do we do and i understand when you become an adult then your life is your own responsibility and you've got to figure it out but like what about those kids who are just like fresh into this world and are just dealing with really tough shit from the start yeah well we have systemic injustices that have created such inequities in the system that people just can't buckle up from that. So number one. And number two, we have family generational injustices. So pain begets pain, begets pain, begets pain. And you know that's why you're doing this podcast because you bring people on to motivate, to inspire, to spark, to ignite. That's why I write the books I do. So the best we can do for people like you and me who are so moved, the reason we do this work, I mean, the reason I put myself out there 
uh, to, to get criticism is because I care so deeply about the pain of the children and about our pain, even the men's pain, even the woman's pain. So when we care deeply, all we can do is through our being communicate and we cannot change people, right? This is the hardest lesson I had to learn as a therapist. I have no power beyond what that person is willing to allow me. So people only wake up when they are ready to wake up. Each person on this planet, in this dimension of ego and fear and separation, lives along a point, what I call the point on the continuum of consciousness. So I always check with people in my mind, where are they on the point on the continuum of consciousness? If their point is really way back, you know, and I'm, you know, way more towards rigid indoctrination and brainwashing, then I let them be with compassion. I, I feel bad for them because their brain has been abducted by their parents' legacies. They don't even realize they're living their great, 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 great grandfather's mind. They're not even in their own mind. So with compassion, I realize their brain is abducted. When a lot of times people are very proud that they're living their great, great, great grandfather's mind. Like they feel like they're holding like something, a, a prize. Yeah. This is what my grandfather did. My grandmother, this is how we did it. This, this yes. is legacy. Yes. Like a yeah. In psychology, we understand that traditions are nooses from dead people. You know, there's pressure from dead people. Like they're not even here, but they're in your mind. You know, it doesn't even work anymore, but it's in their mind. But this is the brainwashing and we have compassion for them. Their brain is abducted by their conditioning. You know, not everybody has a powerful brain to fight conditioning. So then, then we come to people who are closer towards consciousness on that continuum. And those are the people you, who will begin to listen to your podcast, read my books. And slowly, one will fall into the bucket of consciousness every month. You know, it's really a drip, drip, drip. People who are unconscious are not evil people. They're just highly conditioned people. They're brainwashed. So, you know, when we, you know, and I always say this, and I use India as an example, because I'm Indian, so people won't think I'm putting Indian people down, uh, because I'm not putting anyone down. I just talk about the state of affairs. When you look at Indian people praying to all their, you know, gods, or all of them in the river Ganga, you know, there were two million of them recently, and that's why COVID is spreading. Or for example, if you, and you, you may think, oh my God, what are those people thinking, right? And you look at them and you may judge them, but you have to understand that just like many here in America are brainwashed, they are too, you know, they're just brainwashed. And they were little children ones that received these very toxic belief systems from their parents that like you said, very proudly, they think they're being good children. They think I'm such a good child. I'm carrying on my family's legacy. Little do we realize that through our ignorance, we are actually perpetuating abuse, we're perpetuating pain, we're perpetuating dysfunction. We don't realize that, you know? And that's why I write the books I do to break the cycle for our children. Because say, say grandpa used to beat you with a belt, okay? And you think, I turned out okay. Why don't I just keep beating my kid with the belt? But in today's time, your kid, your kid can't take it. Now your kid wants to commit suicide. You may not realize that it was because you were being a good grandchild to grandpa. You, you, you may not even believe in spanking or not. You haven't even deconstructed that. All you're really doing is being a good kid. And, and because that's how you were raised, you're just robotically raising your kids like that without questioning. Yes. Was that truly the best way? Even though I turned out okay, did I like it? Did I enjoy it? Weren't there other ways to teach me? I was an innocent kid. And I have turned many parents around who came from traditional means of disciplining, for example. And it's a tough sell. You won't believe how hard it is. I grew up in Texas and I mean, I love where I've grown up, but it's just like, you know, there's like the code of the South and there's the way things are done and this is the cowboy way. And I mean, I love a lot about that tradition, but at the same time, it's like, you know, you have to realize that there is this whole other emotional side as well, you know, and that is the part in this book where you're like with the conscious parent where if you have a true connection with yourself and your child, disciplining actually doesn't even really have to occur so much anymore. So how do parents shift that? How do parents shift that 
this is the way it is. I'm going to spank you. I'm going to ground you. I'm going to use one story that you talked about. And I think it was a radical awakening. One of your clients had a baby doll and it broke and the dad like got mad at her for crying. And instead of like comforting her threw the whole baby doll on the floor and said, stop crying. Like, don't cry about this, like toughen up. And it like wrecked her life. It started the cycle. Well, he, he, he broke the whole doll and threw it in the garbage. And she felt so unheard and invalidated. And she realized she better shut up because he had just thrown her in the garbage, you know? Mm. So how do we break the cycle? You know, we, it's parent by parent to stop them just before they're about to paddle their kid, just, about, just before they're about to abuse their kid and ask them to check in. And of course, you have to catch the parent at that time, and they have to come to therapy. Why do we? Why is it okay to hit your kid? I don't get that. When if you hit someone as an adult in life, right? Fine, but yet you can hit a child. I don't understand that. Well, you know, there's a lot in scripture that people will attest to, and and they believe that they are doing the work of the tradition, you know, and they don't realize that exactly the logic you just said. Or if somebody's quote unquote being bad, you don't hit them, which is bad too, right? So you don't hit bad on bad. Well, it's like, oh, let me, don't do this. Let me hit you to show you not to do it. But then I'm going to tell you not to be violent. Exactly. I'm going to tell you to be nice and caring and and be a good boy and a good girl. But then I'm going to hit you when you don't listen to me. That's so... so illogical. But I just told you, it's not because they are mean people on purpose. They're brainwashed. And until we're willing to see how brainwashed we are, we will not wake up. And which person, you know, gets up in the morning and says, today's the day I'm going to see how brainwashed I am. We don't do that because the only seekers do that. You know, I began meditating since I was 21 because I, I knew there was something so wrong with this matrix. But I didn't know what it was, but I knew the answer could only be found in stillness. So I went on retreats. But I didn't really deconstruct everything till my midlife, till my mid-40s, because it takes awareness, it takes traveling, it takes understanding and, and education to really get, oh my goodness, this is what's going on. So we have to have compassion, but, but you're right, we have to break the cycle for our children. So how do we do that? Is The way I do it is I remind parents by going back into their own childhood. And I make them, like I encourage them, I challenge them to tell me how they felt when they got hit. And their first line of defense will be, I didn't like it, but I knew I deserved it. So I I try again. And then they go, my mom didn't mean it. You know, she was just a single mom or she was a, you know, she worked full time. She had, you know, she had nothing. What what could she do? I was such a crazy kid. Again, protecting the parents. Hmm. You have to protect your parents. You know why? Because if you don't protect your parents with these fake excuses, the whole pack of cards is going to come tumbling down. And then you're going to really touch your rage. And you don't want, and below the rage is depression. So you, you have, we have created a defense of justification. All of us do it. We're like, oh, I had the best childhood. My mother was so lovely. Yes, she was lovely. And she was unconscious. The other day I was being interviewed by somebody who said, you know, I was never abused by my parents, you know, yeah, they hit me, you know, and, and they beat me, but I, I was never abused. I had to stop him and say, I'm sorry, I have to correct this for your, your listeners. It's okay to say you were abused. It's very, you see, we women don't like to say we are in abusive relationships. Why is that? Why is because that? Because it starts from this, this, this bullshit lie we've been told in childhood that, oh, I'm hitting you because I love you. I'm hitting you because I care about you. I'm yelling at you, grounding you, threatening you, abusing you, shaming you because I'm worried about you. And if we say no, don't do that, then what does that do? Then what happens to us? Right. We realize our no is not important. Our no is not valuable. Our boundaries are not going to be honored. So when we women especially grow up, we it's familiar to us to have an invasion of boundaries. It's very familiar to us to get abused, to be called stupid, to be called dumb, to be hit. Oh, it's so familiar. It's been yeah. happening all our lives. If you stand up to it, you, if you, you, you're trained not to stand up to it when you're young. So then if, as an adult, it's like you don't want – because what if you did stand up to it when you're young? You could be thrown out. You could be unprotected. You don't have anywhere you're, – you're not able to take care of yourself. So you have and, to- and not even that. It's not even that we – even our parents had to hit us. But because our parents were raised in the control model of parenting, they just had to get out of their chair. They just had to give us the eye. 
and we were silenced. It was, so, you know, when, when some kids tell me, some adults tell me that when they were kids, my parents didn't even touch me. They just had to look at me. They think they're talking about liber liberal parents. And I go, wow, your parents were so controlling that they, they didn't even have to touch you, you know? that they just had to look at you and they got they you understood that that meant a beating was coming wow they really brainwashed you into being a puppet and a sheep right so look at the brainwashing look at the psychological exploitation and psychological manipulation we've all been manipulated either by culture by parents parents and culture by education system religious institutions we've been manipulated and exploited and we the only way to wake up is to question 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 who said that was correct? Let me deconstruct whether this was really useful to me and be brave enough to break out of my brainwashing. You know, imagine waking up one day like I have done in my life to realize it was all a lie. No one wants that. Man, and I, God, you're so right. You have to be brave to do this because I'm even like, my mind is like, oh my gosh, I was talking bad about Texas, my state that raised me. Like, oh, I don't want anyone to think that I don't respect Texas. Like, that's still my conditioning because I was like telling you that it was like this code of the South kind yes, of mentality. Your, your little girl right now is having a little panic attack. And I'm like, oh God, what if my parents hear this? They're like, did you not like Texas? I'm like, oh no. It's because you have to, it is so. Here's the difference. Here's the difference. How to one day grow into it because I talk like this all the time so how am I comfortable because I clearly know in my body and I clearly communicate I'm not talking about a person I'm talking about a system mm. right and so if I say something about white supremacy the white person I'm talking to could get all upset and I go no I'm not talking about you at all I'm talking about a system or if I talk about patriarchy the men I'm talking to are getting all upset with me I'm going your part, you're also being abused by the patriarchy. You just don't see it. You know, so if I talk about parents, parents are so defensive, they get very upset. And I try to remind them, I'm not talking about you because you, the parent, have been brainwashed in the parenting paradigm system. So it's not your fault. I always have compassion for the parent, even if they just paddle their kid black and blue, I will greet them with compassion because I'm so proud that they're willing to look at that behavior and go to the roots of the belief system that feeds the behavior. Mm. Man, and you're right. It does take bravery because like I said, I'm hearing what you're saying and like the way we have all been raised, it's like people are going to be like, I'm not going to listen to you. Like you're telling me that my parents are wrong. My grandparents are wrong. My tradition is wrong. The way I'm raising my children is wrong that I'm supposed to look at them with respect and meet them on the same level as I meet my own spirit and value them as a human and like co-create together instead of me being the boss and then being who I'm in charge of. Like people are going to be like, I'm not listening to that. I'm not going to live like that. You're crazy. I mean, I can see how it takes such bravery to speak up about this and to try to break the system because it is so ingrained. Right, right. So I'm okay being brave, but I think it takes greater bravery to open your mind to listen and to be curious and to be inquisitive. You know, there's nothing in my life that I will not deconstruct and I will not own up to my ego. I mean, you, you can't get one up on me because I've already one up, I've already, I know my ego. I know all my flaws, uh, pretty much. I know where I've bought into culture, where I can be a hypocrite. You know, I'm not, I have no shame in saying this is where I'm a hypocrite. I'm still working on this area in my life. You know, in my parenting, for example, I had such a need to please my kid because I felt I had to undo my childhood baggage that I ended up creating my own new level of dysfunction. You know, so I have still work to do as a parent. So when I show parents, this is not about perfection. Like, don't think I'm here preaching perfection. I'm preaching, can we please just look at our conditioning? Like, that's all I'm asking. Can you turn the penny to the other side and go, is this side the right side up? And don't just take it for face value. For years, decades, eons, people thought the earth was flat, mm. right? It's like that, you know, it's you're believing something that is not true. And that's all I'm gently poking. I know it feels like a big fat kick in the ass, but I'm just trying to burst the bubbles around marriage, around divorce, around beauty, around uh, goodness, around success. Each paradigm between, you haven't read my next book, The Awakened Family. I have a lot of paradigm busters there and people don't like that. You know, I say, for example, one of my, my big ones that parents don't like is I say, <laughs> 
I say we don't unconditionally love anyone. Oh, I get such resistance when I say, oh, I love my kid. And you don't tell me who, how I love my kid. And, um, and, I, and I always then break it down to what I mean by that, that we may love our people, but we have a lot of conditionings, a lot of conditions, a lot of conditionings, a lot of prescriptions. And we don't realize that we love them within that condition frame of mind, which is why so many kids who fall out of the box have a hard time, which is why marriages fall apart at, at 60% rate because it's not unconditional, right? It's conditional. The whole contract is conditional. Why do we have a contract, right? So when I just shed the light, I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm saying just know what you're doing and walk into it with awareness. Don't just do it because your parents told you that this is the way to do it. You know, all women are wearing the white dress. All of us want the diamond ring. Okay, beautiful. Buy the best, biggest diamond ring. But question, why are you buying the diamond ring again? <laughs> is it because that's just the tradition of the globe? It cannot be. It's a construction. So people don't like that. And I'm like, you can wear a diamond ring. Just understand what you're buying into. You're buying into a culture that has told you this is how a bride should look. And that's not the divine truth. There is no one way anyone should look or be or act. And this is emancipation. Liberation is when I'm not tethered. But people want to be tethered. You know, go figure. Wow. This is amazing stuff. I mean, this is amazing. And you had the, the way, you, like, I loved what you said. You talk about systems, the way you express it. I, I really admire that because I tend to just get lost in emotions about things. And I'm like, ah. But really, when you can break it down into systems and why things are and you can see it and you can kind of spell it out it's not personal it's not you are a bad person you are doing something wrong it's like this system is just not right and it's been going on for a long time do you feel like we will be able to shift this over time do you feel like there's hope uh, I, I don't really even use the word hope or you know things like that but I understand what you mean um I, I don't, uh, I don't, I really can't see what it's going to be like in the future because we are on a railroad track to kind of doom right now because we are destroying the earth and that's just the way it is. Now people will think, oh, she's such a Debbie Downer, you know, but it is what it is, what to do. We are destroying the earth. All the facts show us and we're destroying the earth because we've lost our inner connection. If we're connected to our inner being, we would never hit our kids out of anger. I mean, maybe once or twice, but then we grow because we would understand that the child has emotions and has a soul that needs to be nurtured. We wouldn't slaughter animals to the high degree that we are and to the cruel degree that we are. We wouldn't destroy the earth for our own profit the way we are. It's all because we are essentially disconnected. So do I see hope? There's always hope. I mean, we can hope away. But the only radical way anything will change is when each one of us begins to shift in our own lives and promote consciousness in their own lives. That's the way it becomes a cascading revolution. Um, but it would take many to tip this over. Oh, my God. Okay. So I know we need to wrap up soon. I just have like a few more questions and then we'll wrap up. I could literally talk to you for the rest of my life. I'm just like, oh, tell me everything. So what are steps for someone who is completely, maybe this is the first time they've ever even had a thought to think about being conscious. Maybe they have never even for once in their life even checked in that there is that they're in a system and they don't even realize what's going on in their world. Maybe this is the first time this has ever even like dawned on them to think about this. What is a first step for someone like that? I think when they have this light cracking through, uh, it's so shocking though, when, when you do realize that, oh my goodness, I'm in a, in a herd of sheep. <laughs> Once you realize that you're like, oh my God, do you have a panic attack? Really? I, I would say you must pick up the phone, call somebody who you think is on this path, get the help of a coach or a mentor because you can't do this alone. You know, you need support from other seekers, from leaders in the field of self-growth who understand that you're about to go through a very dark passage of your soul to rebirth yourself on the other end. And that's what my book is about. It is a 
pathway, you know, it takes you, it's the first section is called asleep in the matrix. And then the next one is called confronting the shadow, mm. <laughs> right? You go, you know, you're entering the tunnel because you're going through your conditioning and you're going step by step to realize, oh my goodness, I've just been raised on insecurity and unworthiness. And I've created this whole life to please and to follow and to compete because I think I'm so unworthy. And then the third section is called owning your body, returning to the earth, returning to your sexuality, returning to your authentic self. Then the fourth part is called cracking the matrix, where I go through all the main institutions of marriage, divorce, love, beauty, niceness, youth, and I try to crack it. And then part five is called awakening from the matrix. And so I provide the path. So do this book in a book club, do it with women, you know, you know, deconstruct it together. So you have support. You can talk about the difficult pieces that are coming up for you. It's hard work. I mean, it is hard work. And you're so right that the, the part where you go through the tunnel and the darkness, like when you're about to go into the dark awakening of your soul, I've been on this sort of journey for a long time as well. But like there have been very dark, dark, dark periods where it's like, I can see why a lot of people don't want to do this work because who wants to have to feel all that, you know? Exactly. Who wants to feel all that? Who wants to confront the truth? Who wants to rock the boat? Just go eat your turkey and drink a lot and numb out. It's so much easier. But guess what happens? At some point, your life will crack you open. Some painful, dysfunctional moment will be so painful that you can't eat enough turkey and you can't drink enough wine to, to take that pain away. And that's what I call in the book, the rock bottom moments. And those are the turning point moments where you simply can't continue in your old ways before. Typically, I've seen every human being hit a rock bottom moment. And if they haven't hit a rock bottom moment, is that they're really eating a lot and drinking a lot. It's only because of that. But it's about to come. The body's about to give away. The, dis the, the dysfunction in the life is about to burst the seams apart. It cannot stay. Dysfunction cannot not kill you at some point. It's going to break you down, which is the good thing about your dysfunction. It will get you. <laughs> so I just wait as a therapist for when is the dysfunction going to be enough? And I, I sometimes tell the people, wow, you can, you have real stamina for dysfunction. You can keep staying in this abusive mess for a long time. And I tell them, come back when you're really more in pain. And they're like, I'm in so much pain. I go, yeah, but not enough pain to make the transformation. Obviously, so come back when you, when you, you, I tell them, you need more pain. You're a sucker for more pain. So go and come back when you're ready to really transform. So when, when pain cracks that ego shell open, now you can transform. So. So what I appreciate about you, Dr. Safali, is you are giving us roadmaps to avoid this. And everyone who's listening needs to get a radical awakening to first clear yourself, to clear yourself, especially women, because we have so much, like we've talked about in this interview, and we could talk forever, but there are so many things that need to be cleared, that we need to change, that we need to become aware of. So then we can actually be a conscious parent and start the next generation where they don't have to have all this pain and have to get to this place where they have to break so much. Maybe we, if enough of us do this, we can raise enough children to where they don't have to go through this complete rewiring of themselves. They start with such a stronger foundation. And then, yes, I'm sure we're going to mess them up somehow because we're humans. But if we go in with a conscious parent mindset because we have awakened ourselves, maybe if enough of us do that, we can really trans. That's how we can really transform the world. That's really probably the only way. It is the only way through each one's awakening. It takes one person to awaken at a time. So that feels really small, but don't undermine the power of that. Otherwise, I would never write books, which can only be read one at a time. So we start with one and one becomes a million. And that's how we move forward in our lives so that we stay powerful, we stay resilient, and we stay uh, radiantly inspiring. Otherwise, we'll just get so despairing like we often get, can get and want to just run away from the world. The world deserves our compassion, especially those broken people. They deserve it more. If no one is talking to them, how are they even going to potentially come to this side of the continuum? So we have to keep doing our work, keep showing up, even if only one or five people hear us. 
That's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, you're an incredible person. What is it like? You said we need to have people in our corner to talk to. What is it like to have Oprah as like the person you talk to when you need to like bounce off some ideas and have deep conversations? Oh, you just call. I, I don't call her every every day. Please, I don't do not. But um, I'm just so honored that she supports my work. You know how how lucky am I that I get this platform? So you know, but but. Again, you are as important to me. This moment right now sharing with you is so important to me, you know, so every step makes the macro, you know, it's not, I didn't just get to Oprah and I didn't just stop at Oprah, right? So we have to understand every human interaction has power to literally change your life. My life changed on a, on a bus in San Francisco uh, in a moment, and I'll get into it another time. But it, it so it, it changed then. You know, you never know when something can change you. That's why everything we commit to needs to be done with intention, and we need to fully show up. Like for you right now, today I fully showed up, and you fully showed up for me. And this is how we create that effect in the world by fully showing up as ourselves and not resisting the power of the human connection. Oh, you're amazing. You're so amazing. Oh, this is so great. I literally am so honored. I mean, ah, oh, you're just the best. This is the best conversation. You don't know how much it means to me to have gotten to talk to you, how much your books mean to me, how much they mean to so many people. Thank you so much for coming on here and sharing your time with me because your time is so valuable. But thank you for taking the time to share your heart. It really means the world. I always wrap up with one question, which is leave your light. What do you want people to know? that the lie of unworthiness is the biggest lie they need to break out of. Amazing. Okay, everyone get a radical awakening, the conscious parent, and your website is drchafali.com. Yes, uh, we are. They, but better, they can go to aradicalawakening.com to grab the book. I'm also doing a 10-day deep dive course, and they get books for free with that course if they really want to go on a journey with me. So it's easier to remember aradicalawakening.com to grab the book. Amazing. Thank you so much. You're Thank you. Amazing. Thank you. I appreciate this so much. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> I love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.